Happy New Year and wake up, wake up, wake up, 502, what's going down? This is your boy, Rashawn Myers. We're still here. We made it to the other side. The world, once again, did not explode as the year ended. Y2K is still averted for another year. This is your boy, Rashawn Myers, taking care of you this morning. Joined us always in the new year by the same cast of characters, my brother, Haven Harrington. Haven, how you doing this morning? What's going on, my man? Man, how you doing? Man, I'm doing, you know, I, actually, I'm doing pretty well. Happy New Year, brother. You know, same to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as, of course, as always, joined by the esteemed one himself, at that boy's good. Mr. Joe Kelly, how you doing this morning, Joe? Man, I'm doing well, and I'm just really not, I, I want to I wanna establish this right now. 2022, I don't want any problems out of you, man. Like, none. I want no smoke. Uh, let's just have a good year this year. We're, we're all due a, a good year where we all collect some W's. Absolutely, like 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 we need all of that. Like I, I'm <laughs> <laughs> like Joe. I know we were ta- we were chatting before uh, we got on the air uh, when when you first called in and and you said that you, you were telling your buddies you know that they they wanted to come out and say you know wow you know this year's got to be better it's got to be it's like never tempt the fates <laughs> no man no for three years for three years now we've been like this year was trash next year is gonna be awesome <laughs> it, well narrator voice it was in fact not awesome <laughs> it's like it was the best of times it was the worst of times <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So no, so you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna just rip the, the, the rearview mirror off. We're just gonna pull forward and just enjoy whatever comes our way, good and bad, and that's the way we do it here at Wake Up 502, fellas. We have so much to get into, so many things to talk about. You know, we gotta talk about college football's national championship semifinals where pretty much they were who we thought they were. The bullies are still running the jailhouse. <laughs> and we're gonna also get into all the craziness going on uh with U of L basketball. Um as people were ready to fire Chris Mack. Uh, and Chris Mack got a stay of execution for at least a few days. Uh we're also gonna get into uh, Louisville football uh as they commits to pee down the leg once again and couldn't do anything and of course sent all their fans into an offseason uh with more frustrations than not uh and just so many other things to get into uh as, as we look towards this new year uh look towards um this uh you know uh, upcoming national championship game uh and just everything else going on in the world of sports man and I, i'm so excited to get into it and you know i i thought about what i wanted to attack and tackle first fellas um and and when i look at it um i i think what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and and tackle the elephant in the room first i I really hate to pile on but but that that game on tuesday afternoon uh when, when louisville went down to dallas you know not like the devil went down to georgia but louisville went down to dallas to take on the uh falcons you know, I forgot about that game of, already. Of Air Force. How did you forget about that game? You did not forget about that game. We've been arguing on Twitter <laughs> with everybody <laughs> since that game. I forgot they played uh, yeah. in the bowl game. That's because you got to see real football last night. <laughs> <laughs> so you were, you were did, did we? Yeah, did well, we? Just, you know, 
Yeah, you, you know what, Joe? That's skunkings. fair. That's fair. We watched two skunkings. I know. I, I was sad. Last night made me sad just for just the sport in general. Like, well, we needed know, different outcomes, man. <laughs> This this is this is just the problem with with college football, man, and college sports in general. Like there are just years like this. There are certain years where you know going into it in the preseason, you can look at two teams and say they are going to be there at the end of the year. Nobody else is, is that good. Um, to kind of make a make a personal reference, you know, for U of L fans, it reminds me of the uh, two thousand four two thousand and five season in in college basketball. Louisville yes. made a Final Four run. It was a great run. Nobody saw it coming. But everybody could have told you in September of that year, even before college hoops tipped off, it is going to come down to North Carolina and Illinois. Yeah. They are that much better than everybody else. Yeah. Sure enough, the tournament was fun. We had some wild games, as we always do. But what happens in the tournament, once you get past that opening weekend of Oh, so and so almost lost. They almost lost. Well, comes out to chalk. Yeah. No, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, and that's that's kind of what we saw. Uh, you know, let last night transpire when you know pretty much. Oh, Cincinnati, just. Uh, I, well, but that's what Alabama does, man. I know. I know. We should know this know, by know now, but we just we, we we wanted something different, Joe. We wanted some the upset, the apple cart. This was the chance to take down the Kings. Man, oh. I, you know, at this point, at this point, I I feel like, and I hate doing this because I want to hate a program like Alabama. Everything about it, I, I it, it just grosses me out. But man, you gotta respect it at some point. You gotta look at what Saban's done. And I think the most incredible thing about Alabama's run under Nick Saban is that this team in 2022 doesn't look anything like his 2009, 2010, 2011 teams. No. Yeah, you know, it was like a couple of years ago after Johnny Manziel worked even at Texas A&M, he was like, ah, well, it turns out the quarterback is the most important position. I guess we'll start recruiting that one too. <laughs> And it's just not fair. And now fast forward to 2021, and he had a true freshman win the Heisman freaking trophy as a quarterback. Like, And how amazing is Nick Saban at, at convincing these five-star Bosco prep high school All-Americans? He, he creates a chip to put on their shoulder. It's, it's amazing. You didn't know he had been doubted his whole life? Nobody thought he could ever make it anywhere and do anything. <laughs> you didn't number believe one, that. Number one high school player. Number one high school player. Nobody ever thought I could do anything. I'm, I've been doubted my They're whole disrespecting life. Disrespecting us. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the Alabama hey, players coming into the game. Uh, you know, heading into the Cincinnati game, they were like, "Yeah, everybody thinks we're going to lose. Everybody's cheering for Cincinnati. We're the underdog." <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah, I was like, who are, who are these people? Because I know Cincinnati fans that are like, just please keep it under 30. Just keep it under 30. <laughs> yeah. This has been such a fun season. Let's keep it under 30. That way we can go out with our heads high and we can collect a nice moral victory. Because, you know, what we saw yesterday is what, what I've long maintained about U of L. And, and it's interesting to me about what kind of successor they are, is realistic in the ACC. You know, man. 
when the when the G five plays the P five, you start you notice in the fourth quarter. Oh yeah, you notice that like hey, this is called depth. We have it. You don't. Unless U of L's playing Air Force, then. It, it doesn't really look like that. That's because got the same dude. <laughs> that's because they're playing like on like. You know what? But I will say this. That Cincinnati game against Alabama, it, it was a great segue to talk about the first responders bowl. Because, like, that's what happens when Cincinnati has the two best corners in all of college football but decides to play zone. Yeah. Because you play scared. You stop running your quarterback because you're afraid of what may happen. So you kind of turtle up a little bit. You start to play conservative instead of playing ball to the wall, all out. And that's what happens when you don't go out there to be aggressive. Like when you play the Georgias, when you play the the Alabamas, you have to play them like ball to the wall. You got to throw everything out there. Trick plays. We're playing aggressive. Yeah. From start to finish. We're not holding back. We're blitzing. Every, we're blitzing coming out the tunnel. If they beat us, they beat us. But I'm going down swinging. That's the lesson that you should learn from playing Alabama. From watch Alabama every year, year in, year out, the lesson you should learn is be aggressive. Ask Clemson. Be aggressive. Don't hold back. Throw the whole playbook at them. All sorts of trick plays. Hit them with everything. Go spread. Go five wide every rip. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, And, and, and absolutely, what happened last night, Luke Fickle turned into Scott Satterfield. <laughs> like literally everything that Cincinnati had done to get there, being aggressive and imaginative, all that went out the window when Fickle had to stand on the other side uh, of the evil emperor and he had to look into the eyes of the champions and he literally turtled up. That man looked completely like a deer in the headlights the whole night long. His face did not change. His expression did not change. And they just got pummeled in the face. And I do not understand when you had literally two of the finalists for the Thorpe Award, why you go out and you play zone, only put five in the box, and allow Alabama to run the ball up the middle the whole game. Oh, it's so frustrating. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you have you you got to put pre- – you cannot sit back in zone. I almost called him Satterfield, literally. <laughs> like – I Man, you know, I was watching the game, and I was like, all right, what am I not seeing? How is he How is he okey-doking them? Like, because it's – you know, I, I, I thought Luke Fickle was going to come out with a game plan. Yes. I thought yesterday's game was going to be very, very, very entertaining. I expected Cincinnati to lose, but I thought they were going to go down swinging. And I thought it was going to be – honestly, this is a terrible comparison to make right now, given that the fan base won't shut up about him. I thought he was going to have a Jeff Brown-type game plan, where when you watch Purdue play a, a, a ranked opponent, you know they're throwing the kitchen sink at them. They got gadget plays. They got trick plays. They're gonna, you know what I mean? They're yes. gonna hurry you up. They're they're gonna keep you off balance and keep you guessing. You gotta and risk it I to kept, get the biscuit, man. Yeah, and I kept watching watching UC yesterday, and I was like, okay, Luke Fickle's smarter when it comes to football than I am. So what am I not getting here? And by the time the fourth quarter rolled rolled around and I think it was 27 to 6. I was like, well, I guess it really doesn't matter what I'm not seeing because Cincinnati ain't either, but Alabama sure gets it. Oh, like, (laughs) 
oh, it just it it was just it was ridiculous. Like it just it was it was very very disappointing to see just everything about how that game played out. I just I could not understand what Cincinnati was trying to get done, and and you know it, it did kind of rope me back in because I thought that Cincinnati had an opportunity. Now, granted, we've seen better. Group of five teams than this. I feel like that uh, the the um, Boise State team that Louisville played uh, back in what was that two thousand two Haven two thousand four four two thousand four two thousand four um, that from that group I I I, th- I think that team was better than Cincinnati. Truthfully, I think the Cincinnati team that Brian Kelly had with Isaiah Pede in that group is was probably better. Equip. Now, this Cincinnati team had the perfect schedule. They had everything set up and break their way to actually get into the game. But we've seen better group of five teams than what that Cincinnati team was. But I say that because Alabama this year is not – let's keep it real. Alabama this year is not as good as they have been. Okay, this is not a classic Isaiah uh, – Isaiah, this is not a classic Alabama just – they're just way better than everybody else. But what they have is intimidation factor and the Saban like genius. Well, that's what's the Saban genius, even though he is still- he, d- he just knows what to do. He knows how to prepare a team. His game plans are spectacular. But I, I will say this Nick Saban, without a shadow of a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, is the greatest college football coach of all time. Yes. Of all time. Nobody's better. I, I, I don't care who you bring out from the dustbins of the glory years. Newt Rockney, no. I, 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 Johnny Majors, no. Bring him out. Nobody's better than Nick Saban. Not Nobody. I, guys, I'm trying to wrap my head around the fact that, I mean, Rashad, you didn't just say this. This is true. Alabama has a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, and this is a down year for them. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> Legit, but, right? But it's a, unbelievable. This is, this is a season. This is a season that if you're anybody but an Alabama fan, you're talking about how man, 2021 was a special year. It was a fun time. It was a great time to be a fan of the program. We were hitting on all cylinders. Had a Heisman Trophy quarterback. It was. It was a lot of fun. Alabama fans are like, uh, I mean, our quarterback was good, but our defense really didn't rattle skulls the way that we were accustomed to. What? No. Like, that was the thing. Like, that's the crazy thing about it. It's, it's almost like, it, it's, it's, I, it, and it's funny to say this, but I'm literally going to do it. This Alabama program, the, the, the only two college programs that, can do what Alabama is doing right now, the only other college program that I've seen that does it, UConn women's basketball. Because even when UConn's women's basketball is just I, right, that intimidation factor and how great Geno Auriemma is as a coach, they just beat everybody anyway, even when they're, like, not even that great. They just beat everybody. It's like it just—it just is not fair. I'm so tired of Alabama, but you just got to be impressed by them. It's like – Nobody can beat Alabama but Clemson. Like, literally, that's it. Clemson. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, 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 you know what? Let's go ahead and do this. We're going to go ahead. We're going to hit our first break. And when we get back on the other side, we're going to get into, uh, you know, this foolishness that was, congratulations, Alabama. You're about to win another championship because I have no belief at all None. that uh, <laughs> Zero. Georgia can Zilch. get it done. I just – 
I don't see it happening. Hey, you're listening to Wake Up 502 Big X Sports Radio. It is a new year. The same craziness is going on, and I cannot wait to see what happens next. We'll be right back on Big X Sports Radio. Coaching? No, 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 no. It's just that, well, like I was yelling earlier, it seems like anyone with half a brain could coach better than you. Uh-huh. Half a brain, huh? Well, you know what? It sounds like you just volunteered. Me? But you were doing such a great job. That's right. He is back. <laughs> he was back one more time this year. We got to see old Nettie out there. <laughs> Congratulations on being so consistent. That's the one thing we love about you is every time you come out hey. there, you never disappoint. Hey, man. Look, if if the first hour of 2022 was any indication of what kind of year this would be, we got Coach Ned Flanders out here liking Ply's tweets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rashawn. Buddy, I'm going to be honest, man. I don't ask a lot of you. I'm, I'm not the type of friend to make requests. Oh, please. I need you at some point to ask him what his favorite Plies song is. <laughs> you know what? We can make that happen. Let's make sure we keep that one on the table. Absolutely. <laughs> if you get Scott Satterfield to talk about Plies, well, you know, I don't I like the cut of his jib, even if he is a little rough around the edges. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So, fellas, let's let, let's let's absolutely get into what we saw happen out there on Tuesday night. You know, we we, we come out there. Everybody, you know that that I heard going into this game, we heard Louisville has no excuses. Louisville should go out there and be there for us. People want to talk about, you know. The, the 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 talent not being where it ne- it needs to be, um, you know we need to you know we heard all this talk about coaches uh, getting with um, Josh Hurd and and Vince Tyree and talking about you know what we need more talent we need more recruiting staff we need all those things. Well, none of those things apply when it comes to playing a service academy school because literally service academy schools go and get no star two star type guys because that's basically what they can recruit. They don't really have a recruiting budget. So none of those things applied to the team that Louisville was going to be facing out there on Tuesday afternoon. Okay, so that whole discussion gets set to the sideline. So you would think that Louisville's going to come into this game and you would think that they would be able to come out there, be aggressive, and get a win and at least finish the season on a good note. 
until Nettie took the ball. <laughs> and Nettie just just did what Nettie does. And now everybody in the city is completely pissed off and we're going to have literally the worst football offseason. This this the, the anticipation of how much crap Louisville's going to have to look forward to in 2022's football season. I feel like this may actually be more negativity than there was about the last Crack Thorpe year. Man, Literally. how bad is it? How bad is it that I was scrolling on my timeline watching our our defense just get gutted because their offense, you know, their coaching staff watched tape on us and said, "Well, sometimes we go a month without throwing the football, but I think we can get like 250 in the first half on these bozos. I don't even know what they do on defense." That that is just humiliating, man. Getting carpet bombed by Air Force. Like, that, that that might be the lowest moment I can recall as a fan, and I'm not trying to use recency bias on that. That is as embarrassed as I have ever been. Well, man. you know what? Getting rolled like that by Air Force? I will no. say this. In Scott Satterfield's defense and Brian Brown's defense, they did slow down the vaunted rushing attack. Of one Air Force. So they went all in on stopping the running attack and then just left the passing attack wide open. But they did stop the running attack. So they accomplished their goal. So I'm sure they looked at all the film and was like, you know what? Yeah. We're going to go all in on stopping this running attack. But our safeties, what about them? Yeah, we're going all in on this running attack. (laughs) Oh, like – I, I just there's so many things about just what happened out there on the field. What 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 did you think about like I a first of all you come out and decide you know what we're playing an option team so then we're going to come out and our game plan is going to be to run option football and try to possess the clock. Like, am I tripping or was that literally the game plan on Tuesday? Hey, mm-hmm. what's the game plan? Like, I not, mean, I mean, I mean, literally the game plan was. Okay, look, our, our secondary is horribly depleted. We know that. We got, like, one starter back there, maybe. He's not really a starter. So, like, our, our secondary is completely depleted. But all we got to do, if we can just stop the run, they'll never throw the ball, and we'll be fine. And that's exactly that, – that was the game plan. On offense, there was, like, Malik, you just do what you do. <sighs> and we'll be fine. And, and that's that's like literally what it was. It's like, are we, we going to attack a certain part of our defense? Or we gonna we're not going to be aggressive. We're not going to get no. the – I'm going to just Malik do what you do best. We'll be all right. And the Air Force team without any sort of ability to stop the passing game at all. And we didn't even try. We said, no, we're going to go out there and just play some backyard pitch football and just try to hold on I mean, to the honestly, clock. Honestly, like when Louisville was, like, was at their most productive – was when they decided to run the ball. Like that when he when he scored their, their, their first touchdowns because they just ran the ball literally down the field the entire time. Yeah. And, you know, they scored a touchdown. I was like, okay, we're about to get back in the game. But like you never from watching that game, there was never a time when you actually thought that, hey, we can come back and win this one. Well, I, I nope. the, the the interesting thing about it, fellas, is like I don't even know what the offensive like this is and this has been the thing f- for me with this team all year is that i don't really I, I never could really identify what we were trying to do like what what was what you know outside of we know that malik is 
our best player. Like, and it's clear that the coach believes that Malik is the best player because they just let him run around and just basically do whatever he wants. But there was never really a game plan of this is where we're going to attack. It just really looked like we're just throwing something at the wall and seeing what sticks. Well, that's because Scott Satterfield like calls like the, the same type of offense every game. You know the the stretch run plays. The uh, oh yeah, that yeah, that's true. You know the RPOs. You know you you kind of call like the same run plays, the same passing plays repeatedly, and, and guys just kind of got you figured out. You know, like his like his first in the ACC, he, he took guys by storm with this App State offense. Yeah, years two and three, he took nobody by storm. Like everybody kind of had to figure out like what he was going to do. Hey, that's what Kentucky said when they played us. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. We we got this figured out. We don't like what these guys about to do. Yeah, I mean, no, literally, like, like, like Joe, and, and this is my my question, Joe, uh, for, for for you, and I and I'm gonna let you take this one first. Um, seeing what we saw out there, like what we understand that you know Satterfield is going to be the coach. Uh, you know, they they've said without any uncertain terms that that needs to happen. What do you need to see happen now? Like we've heard the possibility. Now, you know, I heard the tap dancing, and I know you fellas heard it too. I, I might have to try to find the audio for us of. Scott Satterfield's response of if there was going to be any coaching changes. And all I heard was a bunch of you knows. Well, uh, you know, well, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. well. You know. <laughs> so, so that What needs to happen? What, what what do you need to see Satterfield do? All right, so that was going to be my first comment when we got, got to really talking about set. I, I wish to God somebody would have just stopped him or when it when it was time to, you know, Start asking questions. I wish to God somebody in that room would have said, "No, Ned, we don't know. Explain it to us, <laughs> idiots, because we have no clue what you're doing. So, so break it down for us, okay? Because because we don't know, Scott. We don't actually. Uh, you know, man, I'm. It's weird. Also, the older I get, I do kind of recognize that these are human beings that we're talking about. Um, and it makes it a little harder for me to, to necessarily cheer on somebody's demise. I, you know, I want everybody that Louisville hires to be wildly successful and to ride off in the sunset and retire at UofL, set up roots and, 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 and a charity organization at Louisville. You know, I, I want that storybook ending, but that's rarely how it goes in college athletics. I don't like cheering for a guy to lose his job, but Brian Brown can't coach here, or Brian Brown cannot be coaching here next year. I just you mentioned earlier that this is going to be a long off season for U of L fans. I don't know what you're giving them. There, there is nothing to look forward to. There's, there's no player that you can say they could make the jump, and this could be a huge difference, and we could be looking at a nine win season. There, there's nothing on the table like that. If you bring that guy back, I gotta ask you all: What in the hell does the fan base have to be excited about? I'll tell you, nothing. <laughs> you know what? And I'll, I'll also yeah. say this: What Scott Satterfield is doing is that he is bound and determined to prove to everybody, everybody out there, that he can still win the App State way. That he doesn't really have to change what he did at App State to win at this level. And it's, it has been the fan base that has pushed him to change. 
or to alter his program in, in the least little bit. If it wasn't for the fan base, all up in arms, that dude, your recruiting is horrible. Why are you recruiting all these small dudes? No, I mean, yeah, these the small dudes would be great against like 85% of ACC. But we're not about beating just 85% of the ACC. We want to right. run with the Clemsons of the ACC. Right. We need more beef. You can't have, you can't run a 3-4 and have a 275-pound <laughs> defensive tackle. But truthfully, and, and it was proven out there last night. Uh, you know, when, when you watched Alabama and you watched Georgia, that if you want to compete against those teams, you have to be a physical you, – you have to have big, physical, strong guys if you want to compete at that level. But, fellas, a lot like um, Satterfield's comments of, you know, four- and five-star guys aren't really coming here right now. I don't think Scott Satterfield believes this team can win a national championship. So I don't even he think he's oh, absolutely not. national championship. Ho, 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 you're going too far. <laughs> national championship. <laughs> Man, you got to take on the Atlantic first. Like, I, you know, but no, I, but I think that he's coaching and recruiting like he doesn't believe that he's ever really going to get there or that this is not that type of program. Because I don't, because right, if no, you were, wouldn't you be recruiting those types of players? You can. I mean, I hate to bring this up, but Stoops has proved it. You can get multiple four-star players to your program. I mean, and people can say, well, Kentucky's the SEC, and that's a little bit different because SEC is just recruiting. Look, these guys were the doormats of the SEC for decades. I mean, it wasn't like they were doormats for just like four or five years. Kentucky was the doormat of the SEC for decades, and they found a way to start pulling four you know, like six or seven four-star guys per class. Well, but my Don't thing tell is me this. we can't do that. Oh. Don't tell me a program that has had a Heisman Trophy winner. Don't tell me a program that is undefeated in New Year's Eve Bowls in its history. A program that went to the Sugar Bowl, smacked up Florida, made them turn tail and cry at halftime. A team that went down to Russell Athletic Bowl, destroyed Miami. No, I agree, but but a like program should really get more than four four stars per class. But but Haven, my thing is this: even if you're not getting four stars, you could at least get those types of bodies. Even if you get guys that are either bigger and out of shape and maybe need some time in the weight room to get together, you're not even getting the types of bodies. Like I'm not even talking about recruiting rankings, but we saw Louisville go out there and and, and find some guys that maybe um, were, were rated lower because they didn't physically match it. They didn't have the quickness and the athleticism. I mean, um, even uh, the, what, what's our, our big giant lineman's name? Uh, uh, this escaping me place for the Jets now. Um, uh, uh, um, Makai Beck. Thank you. Makai Beckton was only a three star player. But okay. he had the size. But he had the size. But see, that that's my thing is that, like, I go out there and I'm looking at some of these guys for Air Force. Air Force had a couple of, you know, 320-pound defensive linemen out there. Like, you can still go get bodies, and that's my point, is that you're not even going and get the getting the body types. Because, because you're still trying to prove to everybody that the App State way is going to work at this level. And it, you know, it's like you have to evolve, okay? You have to say you have to evolve. And he's, 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 the fan base is trying to pull him into power five football, kicking and screaming. It's like, dude, you got to get bigger players, okay? You just have to. You got to get bigger guys on the line. It, it, you just have to. You can't compete this level 
with a 275-pound defensive tackle. You got to compete at this level. So we pulled him to get bigger guys. We had to pull him to recruit local guy Slade Brown. We had to pull him to do that. Now we're trying to pull him to get a defensive coordinator and an offensive coordinator. We're just kind of pulling him and dragging him, and he's just fighting tooth and nail. And he can fight tooth and nail against that pink slip next year because he should win nine wins. We have a trash schedule next year. It's not that good. We at least win nine wins, but we'll see. We'll see. But you know what? I think it's going to drive us. What? <laughs> yeah. This is the Louisville fan base right now. But I need to. I need more solutions, and we're going to get into that and much, much more on the other side. You are listening to Wake Up 502, Rashawn, Haven, Joe. We'll be right back on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. It's going down on a Saturday morning. The New Year's first day of 2022. Saturday morning, Rashawn Haven Joe taking care of you. And yeah, we're not going to take it anymore. We're not going to take this foolishness. We're not going to take any of the goofy commentary. We're not going to take any excuses. At this point, it's put up or shut up time. We've heard that this man is going to be given one more year. He's going to be given every uh, thing that he says he needs as far as recruiting staff and and everything else. I, I, I still personally don't believe that not having enough recruiting staff had to do with not covering Air Force wide receivers down the field, but okay, if, if that's what needs to happen for you to be able to figure out that you have to at least put players out there to cover guys, like uh, – yeah, well, well, you'll get whatever you need. But but we are back, and we are talking about solutions and resolutions. Um, this is the season of resolutions. Um, Haven, I asked Joe what he needs to see happen, um, and, and we definitely talked about uh, you know the, the, the issues with Brian Brown. I'm going to ask you the same thing. And if you want to get involved as well, 414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. 384-1450 uh, is the calling line. If you want to be a part of the show this morning, please, uh, we always appreciate your input um, on anything that you hear or you want to discuss. You want to talk about your sports resolutions for the year as well. Um, I'd love to hear those. Uh, but, Haven, um, what needs to be the first thing that happened? Uh, like we've seen some guys have that have decided to move on. Um, you know, we unfortunately heard that Greedy Vance wanted to get closer to his family back in New Orleans. So of course he transferred to Florida State because you know if you're wanting to be closer to your, <laughs> your people home in New Orleans, you go and transfer to Tallahassee. You know how far Tallahassee is from New Orleans because you and your family live in Tallahassee. Um, but of course, you know that's closer to home. You yeah, know, it's warmer at least. Yeah, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is warm. True. Exactly. It's on the same, uh, you know, pa- parallel line, you know, uh, around the, the, the earth. <laughs> so I guess technically that's closer. Um, but, you know, of course, we saw him uh, transfer greedy uh, to, to Florida State. And then we saw, um, of course, um, uh, Jordan Watkins, um, who decided to transfer to Ole Miss. Uh, and he's uh, moving south as well. Um, but with the guys that are left, um, with what Louisville has, A, what do they need to do to right the ship? Because like Joe said, we don't want a bad football program. And I think that in a lot of ways, um, Satterfield does a lot of things well. Um, but what needs to happen to get this thing turned around and figure out how you can get nine wins out, or eight or eight or nine wins out of a very winnable um, schedule, in, in my opinion, next year. Like, what, what what do you need to see happen? The number one thing, he has to be aggressive on defense. Period. Point blank. You got to blitz. You got to come out the tunnel blitzing. And you have to play every down aggressively. Bring the house every – literally just be aggressive on defense. No more three, four, I'm going to rush three guys and drop eight and they're still going to score on me because we have zero pressure on the quarterback. No. I mean, you have to be aggressive from jump. Same thing on offense. You got to call an aggressive game plan from start to finish and don't hold back. I mean, really, what Scott just really needs is really just he needs to get an attitude. He, he needs to find like that, that, that inner attitude, that, that inner swagger, and he, he just doesn't have it. But he has to find it. I mean, if you want to coach this level, you have to find that swagger. You know, you have to find that nobody's going to beat us and we're going to beat everybody by 50 points. I'm going to treat everybody like we beat Duke. And he has to approach every game like they're Duke and coach that same way. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to score as many points as we can. And we're going to treat everybody like they're Duke. And and that's our goal. That's the number one thing you can do. There's some other things you can do. You know, is, is, is Brian Brown a bad defensive coordinator? You know, he's probably really not that bad, really. But he gets in these things where they just try to be too when they get too scared, they try to be too cautious. Like it's Air Force. It's like, you know what? Our, our safeties are really dinged up. We're really thin. So we're going to drop everybody back when they give these guys like 10, 15, 20, 30-yard cushions. They were playing 15 yards off and, and, Air Force wide receivers on third and seven. And, but that's what they do because we don't want to beat deep. Well, I got beaten deep once or twice or three times of this game. So we're going to drop everybody back. And we'll just have to get it done. And, you know, it's that cautiousness that causes you to lose games. It's like prevent defenses, prevent victories. And, yeah. and, 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 that's just, and that's his coach philosophy. I mean, he tries to get too conservative without having the guys to be conservative with. I mean, how many games did we lose this year because we got up really big in the third quarter, going to the fourth quarter and say, you know what, we're going to run the clock out for the entire fourth quarter, and I'm going to lean on my defense to win the game. No, you can't do that. You don't have the personnel to lean on your defense to win the game. You know what? What the past three years has shown you, you can lean on your defense to win any game. What point to a game? You can't. You, you know what what's you funny? Doing? You know what's funny? We heard in Josh Hurd's, uh, you know, introductory press conference that he had a three-hour conversation with Scott about, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the future of the program. And we heard that Josh Hurd sell us this bill of goods on, man, he was really passionate. It was a very emotional um, conversation that we had. I really saw the passion, and I told Scott he needs to share that with anybody. Did anybody see any passion from Scott Satterfield after that loss to Air Force? Have you seen the plan? Did we hear? Did we see what any of that? What's the plan? No, but at least Look, man, be upset. Two things. At least be mad. One or two. 
one of two things has to be true. Either Scott Satterfield is the most charming human being you could sit down and have a chat with about job security, or everybody who takes the AD position at UofL is a liar. It's one of the two, man, because that's all we've heard about with Scott is that, you know, had, had a, Vince used to say it. Now Josh is saying it. Had a talk with Scott. You know, he's he's dialed in. He's focused. Okay, well, now do something with it. Like, that's one of the things that I haven't heard at all this week is that we heard that Scott Satterfield was going to be more emotional, that he was going to be connected, that he was going to care, that he was going to show some of that passion that he has for Louisville football and for winning. And I saw your team lose, and you came into the press conference, and you did the same damn thing that you have done after every press conference since you've been here and look like you don't give a crap. Now, here's the thing, Rashawn. Now, here's the thing. You asked about, like, what fans wanted to see? Well, I'm, I'm going to lay it out to you. First, I want to see this plan everybody keeps talking about. Everybody keeps talking about he has this plan. He has this great plan for turning the program around. Well, well, let's well, let's see the plan, number one. Number two, and I want to warn all the Cardinal fans out there. This is a warning from Wake Up 502 to you because you know what's going to happen. As soon as they make these small changes, as soon as they hire some new grad assistants, as soon as they hire a new letter opener in in recruiting department <laughs> and a stamp licker, they're going to go ahead and hype this up like this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And that's fine because that, that's what the athletic program is supposed to do. you got to hype up every little small change they're going to make. And they're going to pretend like well, he, he really doesn't need to make any big changes. I don't think we really need an offensive coordinator out there. Scott nah, has this. Nah. We have the number one offense, da-da-da-da-da, and they're going to trot all this stuff out. They're going to hype it up. Look at all these changes made to recruiting staff, and that's fine. But come next season, there's time to see when the rubber hits the road. Okay, since, since we're going to get all these new guys in the recruiting department, since we're going to add all these new guys on the staff, we're going to fatten your staff up with all these other staffers, and you're going to make all these changes. Everybody's going to hype up all these changes. You know what? then we have to see at least, since we got four recruiting class next year, either A, I want to see you hit the transfer portal portal, and get some monsters for some other Power 5, some named Power 5 programs. I don't want you to go out there raiding Boston College and Wake Forest. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I, I don't want to see that. I want to see LSU. Give me some guys that transfer from Bama. Yeah, I mean, all the guys that left Oklahoma. We just got a safety from Temple. That doesn't get you excited. (laughs) I'm going to get all those guys that that, that left Oklahoma. You know, that's what fans want to see. I want to see at least four four four-star guys in this next class. You you got the staff now. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Haven, does getting transfer wide receiver from from, not from Florida State, from uh, Miami, does that that get you excited? I mean – yeah, but that's all we need. Exactly. That we need a defensive perfect tackle. Answer. Perfect no, answer. What we needed was a transfer defensive tackle for Miami. That's what that's what we needed. There you go. I mean, I mean, great. You replace you replace Jordan Watkins with, with an arguably better wide receiver. That that's awesome, and I, I commend that. I pat on the back. But what you really need was beef up front because you can't stop anybody. So you need, you need to beef up front. I digress. I, I'm just saying, next year nine wins are bust. With that schedule, it should be nine wins or bust because we don't play anybody, really. We play Central. I think we play what Central Florida, 
at Central Florida is, is our toughest game next year outside of Clemson. Yeah, at UCF and at USF. Yeah. Both. Yeah. And, and FAMU, although they lost USF, gave them a, a great game. So, yeah, that's that. Those, those USF is a team we should be like, whatever, buddy. Louisville might lose to FAMU. They, they, they may have lost to them this year. Legit. Uh, man, you know, we got about the same amount of talent. <laughs> That's all right, so fellas. Before we wrap up the it, it, end of the end of the hour, um, we're going to end this this U of L football talk with this, and I'm just going to ask you all a simple question. Um, I feel like Louisville is going to win at least seven games next year. the The, the schedule necessitates that, even like if you have a very underwhelming year, you're going to win s- six or seven games. Like Louisville won six games this year. So I, I feel like with the schedule being a little easier, you're going to get to seven wins. Do either one of you two believe that Scott Satterfield will be fired if he wins seven games? He won't. God, Not man, as long. Do you have any belief that this this uh, the powers that be will will move him on with seven wins? You know, we got a new AD, and and he wasn't his hire, so you know one can hope. <laughs> but like I said, man, he's got a he's got a rabbit a lucky rabbit's foot or something in his pocket. Like the dude just manages when all conventional wisdom says, "Yeah, he's cooked." He's Wayne we, Fonts. We won't be here. He's him. Wayne Fonts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just he's he's uh, what's his name, man? Old seven and nine, Jeff Fisher. <laughs> the the stash just, just keeps you know, coming he, back. Yeah, they bring him in, that, you know, and I have, I think it's kind of like when you try to break up with a girl and, 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 and the breakup takes like a month and every time you talk to your friends, they're like, so are y'all still together? And you're like, ah, I mean, I told her I'm not happy, but she didn't like start moving her stuff out or anything. I don't know, man. He's, he's tough on you know what? The fans will dictate what happens. If they stop showing up, then they won't have a choice but to let him go. And also, it help that that everybody's favorite coach up the road in Lafayette, Indiana. What a game! Purdue got Tennessee. down twenty-one to seven and decided, you know what? We got this with the backup quarterback. That's pretty. That's pretty impressive win. And that that aggressiveness, that uh, you know, imagination. That go out there and get it done in exciting fashion. I think that's what everybody wants. So, oh, little fans, just buckle up, man. Just, just hopefully, you know, something happens. Maybe Scott Satterfield finds some heart. Maybe his heart grows three sizes. <laughs> that's what we have to look forward to. Hopefully, he's like the the, the Grinch, and his his heart's gonna grow three sizes, and he's actually gonna get a little bit of aggressiveness. You are listening to Wake Up Five Hundred Two. Rashad Haven, Joe got got us for another hour. Welcome to twenty twenty two. Happy New Year, and uh, we'll be back here on Big X Sports Radio.
And welcome back, welcome back. Hour number two of Wake Up 502 is going down this morning. Yes, the Evil Empire will be playing their football game today as the University of Kentucky takes on the Iowa Hawkeyes in what will probably be the game with the most combined rushing attempts in college football history. <laughs> welcome back as your Kentucky Wildcats. And when I say your, definitely not mine, but somebody out there, it's theirs. Your Kentucky Wildcats will be taking on the Hawkeyes. Um, Haven, um, do you have any thoughts on it? I, you asked if we were going to talk about it. I'll give you two minutes to talk about whatever that is, and then we're going to move along. Oh, man, I'm excited to see this game. Ugh, really? Kirk oh, Ferentz versus Mark Stoops. I, I'm, I'm very excited to see what Kentucky does against uh, Iowa. Honestly, man, I think Kentucky is going to be pumped. I'm not sure how excited Iowa is, is going to be to play this game considering they're one of their players didn't know I did when was Kentucky's last bowl appearance. But <laughs> I'm I'm excited for Kentucky. Actually, I, I think Kentucky actually may uh, bring that can of whoop-ass with them down there to, to the Citrus Bowl. I will uh, say this. UK has been playing well in bowl games as of late. They, they've come out the last couple of years, even you know though I wanted to see them go out there and get embarrassed. They've actually been playing pretty well. Mark Stoops has done a decent job. Of getting his guys motivated, ready, ready to, to play. Yeah, yeah. They're mo- they're, I, I think Kentucky's going to be more motivated. I think they're going to be ready. You know, I I think they still may turn the ball over probably more than what they want to do, but I, I think Kentucky's going to get it done, especially with Iowa missing their uh, their top running back. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I, pretty much like their offense is gone because uh, I, I know like their backup quarterback and haven't really named their starter, but. Uh, I don't know, Petrus was like one of the guys that think may potentially be a starter, and he has like nine touchdowns and six interceptions. So, you know, he's not exactly Joe Montana out there, and I was not known to throw the ball, and I just don't like Iowa. I've never liked Iowa. Iowa is like one of my most hated teams in college football. They're like a better version of Wake Forest. They're not even that. Like they, they they just they they have a, a I don't like Kirk Ferenz. They stay but they stay ranked though. They they stay ranked, they win just enough. That they're never going to be the best team in the Big Ten, but they'll always be just okay. <laughs> Those guys are only ranked because they remind old college football fans of the, of, of the old days when you could have all those guys from in the middle of Corn Fred, Corn Fred, <laughs> Iowa, Nebraska guys, guys who grew up watching hoops and Hoosiers and all this other stuff, that they can still get it done. They can still roll that ball out there. They could – play three yards in a cloud of dust with throwing the ball maybe like ten times a game. They can still win the old Big Ten way. And that just Run that brings, Maryland eye. Good old Maryland eye, baby. And that brings back so, such good memories. <laughs> and then they play a team in a bowl game that's a little further south from a warmer climate with much faster players, and they always get dusted. And that's what's going to happen, I think, today. I think, you know, Kentucky's not technically in the south, but – I think Kentucky's going to get it done. Joe, I know you love Kentucky football. Uh, what do you think about it? <laughs> the crickets. I love it. Yes. Hey, it is what it is. But, hey, I think Kentucky's going to get it done. I, I, I want to see Kentucky blow Iowa out because I really do not like Iowa. I don't like Iowa and I don't like Kirk Ferentz. I, I know I said that already. I'm going to say it again. I can't stand those two guys. That is hilarious. I can't I mean, stand a program. I can't stand a coach. 
I know a couple of guys who play for Kirk Ferenz. I was kind of color my little lens uh, on Kirk. So I mean, I just feel like Mark Stoops and Kirk Ferenz are just a Spider-Man meme. They're just pointing at each other like, that's the real one. There he is. <laughs> like, I just feel like it's the same dude. I just, well, you know, I will say this. Kentucky at least tries to embrace the forward pass. Yeah, well, at least this year. I mean, they, they've, they've always tried to, but they always have, like, you know, touchdown territory. That is true. Now, that, they've at least tried. They've they've gone through 85 offensive coordinators to try to get it right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, they try. I was just like, well, whatever, buddy. <laughs> we're, we're not going to try. This is, we were trying to be, like, the less talented uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> that's a, that's actually a very good comparison. We're going to be the less talented Wisconsin. And that's know? coming to your television dial on ABC at 1 o'clock. So there you go. For anybody who wants to see that, I probably will not spend 10 seconds. I will check on my ESPN app later and just, like, see oh, who won. They won. I'm not going to watch that. It's, it's going to be the, the, the quickest bowl game ever. Hey, Wake Forest uh, beat Rutgers in their bowl game that nobody watched. Hey, I give Rutgers just credit for even going out there and playing the game. I don't. I mean, they, they literally had shut down football operations and I, came out there and played that well, game because Wake Forest honestly, needed an opponent. What else is Rutgers going to do? Their football team is trash. I mean, that's true, but I mean, just the fact this, that – This is your only chance to ever get in a bowl game, probably for the next five or ten years. I mean, they, they hadn't practiced it. for like three weeks. They had, they, you know, like basically came out there. It's almost like a boxing match where, you know, the one boxer breaks his hand like the night before the fight, so you get some – Dude off the street to go out there and agree to hey, fight. I'm gonna say this: Rutgers had no choice but to do it because they literally knew this may be the only chance to go to a bowl game <laughs> at least the next four to five years. That's mean. So they jumped on it. It's very mean, Haven. But very true and unnecessary. That's just. But it's true. <laughs> it's 100 percent true. Uh, just to, just to chime in real quick about Iowa and 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 this game going down today. I agree with y'all. I do think, uh, as much as I hate to say it, I think Kentucky's going to come out and hit him in the mouth because Iowa just – I hate this excuse. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. But they really are overlooking him. Like, they have no respect for for Kentucky. You had the, the kid pop off and talk about how it was their first bowl game and whatever. <laughs> well, so, somebody else posted a screenshot. A Kentucky fan DM'd one of the players on – on Iowa and was like, you need to get your boy telling him, you know, to quit acting disrespectful. He was like, man, we don't know nothing about y'all. We didn't even game prep for you. <laughs> so, so I'm like, uh, that, that, that could get you in trouble. Uh, end of the day though, man, you know, I just think you got to respect that Iowa has, has embraced the fact that when you think of our program, you think corn and tight ends. So let's just lean into it and be the whitest football team fathomable. I mean, Iowa for both football and basketball, don't they just kind of lean into that like stereotype like very heavily? <laughs> I mean, you to almost you. have to when you're Iowa, right? <laughs> I'm so, going like, when you, you, you just kind of got – it is what it is. So there, you can't fight it. You got a bunch of a bunch of dudes that look like my cousins with crew cuts and, and no ability to grow facial hair whatsoever. <laughs> they all look like like junior Rossi cadets. <laughs> that's that's Iowa's team photo every year. Like Iowa will be the very last school. I promise this. They will be the last school on earth that still makes their entire team put on a blazer and a tie for their, their team photos. Oh, absolutely. Because we do it the classy way at Iowa. <laughs> oh gosh! I bet wow. you they still walk around in Letterman jackets. Like <laughs> they're oh, only no oh, sweaters, man. It's the sweaters. The sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
I love it. I hope they lose. Varsity Blues over there. God, I hope Iowa just gets destroyed. (laughs) Your disdain for Iowa is a little. I told you. That is hilarious. I do do not like Iowa. I do not like her friends. Wow. I I, I, I can't. Haven with the strong, strong opinions about Iowa football. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I, I've had the uh, the pleasure of bumping into uh, three or four of the Iowa players, uh, former Iowa players, and yeah, I'm just not a fan of Kirk Ferentz. One of those guys I bumped into is actually part of a lawsuit against uh, Kirk Ferentz and staff for uh, unfair treatment to their uh, to their black players. So, oh, interesting. Oh, look, there, there we go. And that is the other side that of the story. story. <laughs> so, yeah, so they can kick rocks as far as I'm I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. That's fair. Like I said, man, if you're going to be the whitest program, lean into it, damn it. You know? <laughs> Trying to take away from Duke, man. That's, that's what Duke's supposed to be about. At least in basketball. That's... Do, do you all know that this is not a joke? I'm, I'm dead serious about this. Uh, Nebraska and Iowa fans love to argue about who produces the best corn. That's how they really? rivaled out there in the Midwest. Boy. Wow. Who got the best corn? Not, not, not. They're not even cool like we are in Kentucky, where we can argue about we turn corn into happy. They just <laughs> eat corn, just corn, and get big. Yeah, just you know, high fructose syrup. That's yeah. hilarious. I hope wow. they both lose. It's very different out there in the in in the uh, heartland of America. It's very yeah. <laughs> in John Mellencamp country. Yeah. <laughs> It's just very, just very different out there, you know. But that it's it's a different way of living. Today I stand with Big Blue. Wow, wow, wow! I never thought I I might have to cut that. We got to cut that. We're gonna I put that on the promo. I want to see Kentucky just destroy. I, I want to see Kentucky beat Iowa like they beat us. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I like to go this next year. I see all this pain in my life, and I want it for others. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Ooh, Jesus! Like I, I, I have so many inappropriate things I want to say right now about just everything that's happening. We're talking about these two schools, but I'm going to leave it be. I'm just gonna leave it be and and keep it moving. Uh, but fellas, let, let, hey, let, hey, Rashawn. Yes. Hey, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Need a program got a coach out here liking Ply's tweets. This is true. Hey, there you go. We. That's 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 my school. That's because Satterfield's about that life. You didn't know? He's hip, yo. Hey, for, the, for those that are unaware, tuned in, uh, if, if you've never seen Ply's Twitter account, it answers the age-old question, what would it have looked like if old dirty bastard had been around for Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's, that's, that's true. That, that's absolutely true. <laughs> but how do you tweet? Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Now, Haven, let me ask you that. Now, we did, we did, we gave Kentucky their fair due. So, you know, we know that game's going down. Any of the other games that, that of the day um, that I'm, I'm personally, the Oklahoma State Notre Dame game, like, I'm very interested just because uh, the, the new coach, I can't think of the, the, the young guy's name uh, that took over at Notre Dame, but, you know, their defensive coordinator, uh, that, that'll be his first game. Uh, that, that Notre Dame Oklahoma State game, I am looking forward to that one, uh, as well as the Ole Miss Baylor game. I feel like that's going to be. A billion points scored. You know um, what? I, I don't see old Miss Baylor. That's going to just be a shootout. A good old fashioned. Whoever has the ball last wins. Yeah, 
Yeah, like I, like that, that that to me, those are exciting games. I can watch those. Like that, that that's actually something I would be interested in. I know Oklahoma State and Notre Dame are playing the same time UK is, so that'll probably be where I spend most of 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 my uh, viewing. Uh, I'm all about watching Kirk Ferentz go down in, in a blaze of glory. I mean, Okie State, if they would have won their their uh, the the Big Twelve championship game, they probably would have made it into the playoff over. Um, Cincinnati. I just had a feeling that you know if they would have happened, they would have flip flopped that five and four. Oh, of course, of course. But you know, of course, they they, they gave it up. They didn't get it done. Um, but you know, I I like that team. Uh, I, I think that Oklahoma State's got you know they, they always put up a lot of points. Do you think? Uh, just give me any idea, thoughts. You think Notre Dame can get it done? I don't like Notre Dame either. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. give me Oak State. What about Ole Miss Baylor? Oh, see the the no defense bowl. Um, man, you know what? I'm gonna go at Baylor just because. Why not? Fair. What about o- o- Ohio State, Utah? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, no. <laughs> First of all, Ohio State's going to manhandle Utah. Let's just. Hey, hey, hey! You know what? Don't disrespect the Utes. Don't disrespect the Utes because you never know how much motivation. Just because they beat Oregon, like you never know how much motivation. Please. Ohio State is or is not going to have. That's fair. Yep. That's fair. I, I mean, I was wondering, I was asking a buddy about that the other day that, you know, there are some fan bases that it, it truly is championship or bust mentality. And imagine being Ohio State, you're playing in the Rose Bowl, but you're like, eh, we got to play Utah, pass. <laughs> you know, like you're just, you're just not even interested in the, in the, the Rose Bowl. Like, that, yeah. You know, imagine being Clemson and being I, I, like, Dude, we're ten and three. We had a horrible year. This sucks. Yep, we're ten and three. Yep. Oh my God, the sky's falling in. That'd be nice. <laughs> that would really be nice. It's our yeah, down, it's our down I will, year. I will take it. I want to be upset at my down Man. year at ten and three. I know, right? <laughs> like Pittsburgh's like oh, this good as you ever. Yeah. Can no. you imagine how nice it must feel to be like, oh man? Oklahoma just poached our defensive coordinator. Who are we going to replace him with? As opposed to being like, could. Could maybe male high school use a defensive coordinator? Because we got one. <laughs> yeah, being six and seven, losing to service academies, man, that just they just it just feels different. That's definitely different. That's just too. You know, uh, you know, who else was the only coach to have back to back losing seasons in in Louisville football history. Oh God, Ron Cooper, Ragthorpe. Ugh, God, and Ron Cooper, two of our worst coaches. Ugh. And here he I'm comes. Just saying. I'm just saying. I just want to put that out there. But you know, Rashawn, I'm proud of you, man. You've gone like an entire show. You must have made some type of New Year's resolution or something <laughs> because you don't talk basketball once. And I'm like really, really shocked. Hey, let me tell you something because after this weekend, we putting football to the side, at least until NFL playoffs get going and we actually have something interesting to talk about, even though this is like the worst NFL year ever with all the injuries and Issues with playoffs the, are going to be such uh, a mess with COVID. Oh God! Like I, I have a feeling and we can talk about, is going to find a way around COVID. It's terrible, man. I'm t- guys. I'm telling you, man. Not not like we can tease this for the next hour, but I'm terrified of what potentially NBA playoffs, NFL playoffs, and March Madness are going to be this year. You know what? I have a solution to that when we come back on this break. Ooh, there we go. 
Teaser. I love it. Hey, you are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashad, Joe, Haven. Got two more segments left here on the Big Stick. Big X Sports Radio, WXVW, 96.1 and 1450 AM. And we'll be right back. Megatron must be stopped, no matter the cost. You got the touch You got the power One shall stand, one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? That's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. No! I'll crush you with my bare hands! Oh, classic. Take that, Wake Forest. Uh, <laughs> classic. Man, you- <laughs> you know, Haven and I were talking about this uh, that particular tune when we were when we were coming back from Mayfield, and I was like, "Man, I just can't I can't place it in my head." And y'all know I'm a music nerd, so like that bugs me when I can't when I have to listen to something I can't just just spot it. I started playing it, and I'm like, "Why is this so familiar?" Like I've recently <laughs> heard this, but in a completely different setting than the Transformers movie. And somebody on Twitter commented and was like, hey, man, the original version's flames, but what you know about that Dirk Diggler remix from Boogie Nights? And that's <laughs> what it hit me. Yes, that's the song that, that Mark Wahlberg is recording with, with John C. Riley. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Good stuff, man. That is Good classic. Stuff. Hey, man. He, <laughs> that, that, that was the special request from uh, Brother Haven Harrington coming back from break. That, t- that, that brings back some memories right there. <laughs> wow! No, I've watched that movie probably. I've watched that movie three times since uh, since Haven and I took that trip because we were talking about the Transformers movie. That's now my go-to when I'm like, yeah, I need something in the background. And I will watch Transformers again it's like an adult. Oh, there you go! The single most traumatic two hours of my childhood, right there. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, literally. <laughs> I think the world needs like an audio history, an oral history of of the Transformers movie because man, oh. that was like shocking awe for all of us kids. I'm a couple years younger than you guys, and I remember watching it. Man, it came out when I was like four. Yeah, and yeah. you know you're used to the '80s cartoons. Not to get on this this sidetrack, but you no. know they shot the the blue or the red laser. Nobody ever died. No, you know all that stuff. Dude, and like before the credits even roll, you're watching Autobots get smoked, slaughtered. Like, <laughs> all of your, all of your favorites and their children get mugged. Oh, I and mean, the credits haven't even rolled yet. It was crazy, man. I remember it was like being like 14. Oh yeah, like 13 or 14 watching that movie, and I was like 
sitting there. I was like, oh, man, got this little planet, this little robot planet. I've never seen these guys before, little robot kids and moms in the mall, <laughs> you know, walking around. And then the planet eats them all, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you hear him, like, scream in the background. <laughs> like, they didn't make it. It's like, oh, my God, what is this? <laughs> yes, yeah, so that, that I, was rugged. When I watched it, when I watched it a couple of weeks ago, I was just kind of like, I think I even texted Haven and said, "Huh, I did not recall this being so dark." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cried! No. I, I cried in that movie theater. Me, and my mom, my mom took me to see that, and I was in the movie theater crying unconsolably. Like I, I was oh. nose running, just upset. They kill pride. Like literally, I, I did, I didn't know if I was gonna make it through. Oh. Literally. <laughs> The most uh, traumatic. Spoiler alert: They killed Optimus Prime. They killed everybody. <laughs> well, they pretty much did. Like, <laughs> they everybody them. died. Everybody died. Everybody died. And it's also uh, it's also Orson Welles' last film. Oh, really? Like when you when you go back and look at that movie, man, they were really trying to be the original Pixar in the eighties. Like you had <laughs> you had you got to think Judd Nelson. That's coming off the Breakfast Club. That's peak Judd Nelson. Yeah. You had uh, Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Fox. And then you've got Orson freaking Wells. Yeah. No, no, that's I mean absolutely. I mean no, it's it is if if you haven't you know seen it in a while, do yourself a favor, go check it out. It's classic. That's one of the best tough guy <laughs> that, lines. It's a movie you feel like the eighties tough guy lines too. So I mean yeah, you have to throw that out there. Just like some of the best tough guy lines out there. I love it. And speaking of tough guy lines, let, let, let's go ahead and transition to our main man. One, Mr. Christopher Mack. Now, fellas, he's been getting a lot of, uh, I guess, shrapnel (laughs) thrown his way at all the angst towards Scott Satterfield and the football program. And he didn't do himself any favors. Um, Losing to DePaul, losing to Furman. Of course, he was still, uh, you know, suspended at that point but the the lot with the loss to Furman, then going down on the road and losing at WKU he was up against it uh you know coming into the game on uh, Wednesday uh they needed to win that game versus a, a good Wake Forest team um Steve Forbes uh and crew came down here and they found a way to get it done um like do you all feel like Louisville has turned a corner? I mean, we, we, we saw some great things out of Mason Faulkner, um, who unfortunately sounds like he's not going to be available for the game tomorrow versus Georgia Tech. Uh, looks like COVID is uh, getting the last of Louisville's players sick and, and, and out. And this is the one thing, Joe, I know you said you were worried about what COVID could possibly do to the, to the playoffs and the NCAA tournament. I actually think that the teams now going through this whole – um, series of pauses. I hope between the vaccinations and the, and the boosters being taken, and the fact that you know apparently can, teams like Kentucky aren't only are only testing players that are sick. So basically, they said, "Yeah, we don't care if you're asymptomatic with COVID. We're not even going to report it. <laughs> We're not even going to do anything about it." Um, I think between all those things, I, I really and truly believe that we are going to get past the the end of this um, by. Probably mid-January to late January. I don't think we'll have any more pauses, in my personal opinion. Um, I, I just don't Man, s- see it happening. Everybody's going to copy the Alabama method. And that's what what you heard from Kentucky's players. The same thing Alabama's players said in a press conference when they asked them. Yeah. Yep. When you guys get tested, only when we're sick. And that's what the NFL is going to do. That's what the NBA is going to do come yep. playoff time. We're only going to test you if you're sick because uh, we're not pausing squat. 
I mean, nope. they're, they're basically the saying, you know, if, if you're vaxxed totally and boosted, you know, why? Why do it? Here's my question, though, about UofL in, in regards to COVID. Am I just biased and I pay more attention to UofL? Or has the basketball program not completely botched the COVID stuff for the last couple of years? Well, I mean, it really feels like it hits us harder than it's hit other teams. Maybe and and maybe I'm being unfair on that. It's because you know I'm I'm right here, so I, I I keep up with it more than I would with say Duke or Carolina or Clemson. But I don't know. It just seems to be an issue that we haven't quite figured out. Well, tr- and, truthfully, I and think if that's the well, if that's no, the ahead, case, Jim. I think that's a bigger concern about Chris Mack and leadership and and that sort of stuff. I, you know what, Joe? I think it's this, and this is my personal opinion. I think that, and UK said, literally said that they've only been they've been doing it that way since the beginning. Is that since the the pandemic started, they've only been testing sick players. So what you do is you have, uh, you know, the the, the COVID virus. Eighty percent of the people that get it don't have any symptoms anyway. Okay, so right. I, I really and truly believe that I, I don't necessarily think Kentucky, quote unquote, has handled it better. But I think that they have done what I feel like a lot of these sports teams are doing. And they're only testing sick players. Like, I, I literally think like since the vac- since the vaccination became a thing, I just don't think that all teams are handling it the same way. And, and I think this is because there's no leadership from the NCAA on this and they're allowing schools to basically do and set their own rules. I think everybody's playing by their own rules. Like, there's a reason that Alabama and Kentucky uh, basketball and football haven't had any pauses at all since this whole thing began. That, that doesn't mean that they have somehow found the secret elixir <laughs> to not getting sick. I personally don't think they're testing, like, at nearly the levels that some are. I feel like Louisville um, was going by the letter of the law, and every player was getting tested every time. And they were, you know, doing things the right way. And especially last year, before the vaccination became available, that was definitely the best way to go about it. But I feel like there was a lot of places that said, you know what? We're not doing this foolishness because we got games to win. Now, is that... Let me play devil's advocate, though. Is that reckless? Yeah. Especially pre-vaccination. But I think that that's the way that it works some places. Me personally, just in my well, personal I, opinion. I agree. I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate real quick here. Absolutely. You're telling me after the the nonsense that we've witnessed from, from co- various coaches and various members of, of administration, all the nonsense that, that we've been punished for, waiting to be punished for, still waiting to find out how it's illegal or whatever, do uh, you think this was the one that we decided, all right, we're going to do this completely right? We're gonna go. We're gonna go above and beyond for the pandemic. When eh, you know, we're even like Matt got in trouble for the dumbest of penalties. You know, the whole gra- the 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 practice stuff. That's the most ridiculous, dumbest uh, uh, penalty I, I can recall. Well, Louisville's made a tradition of telling on themselves for everything. I mean, they literally threw themselves on the court uh, on the mercy of the court. With the yeah, that's the reason that the banner got taken down. Louisville made the yep. banner get taken down. For for yep. for what the way they handled just telling on themselves and just you know hoping and praying that them falling on the sword would give leniency. So I think this has become a Louisville tradition of let's just go ahead and just tell on ourselves for everything that we do. It's kind of like I don't know for an HR violation suspending your coach for a month. Like literally nobody else is doing any of that. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do I think we are telling on ourselves for everything? 
Absolutely. I just think that that's, that's the way they're doing it. And I feel like, rightly or wrongly, there are places and coaches that believe that they're not going to sit their best players if their players aren't symptomatic of anything. They're like, why am I going to sit my 20-point-per-game score down if, there's, if he's not sick? Like, if he he's not like coughing. Real sick. I mean, not just like, <laughs> he's still playing. You know, you have to be like, COVID sick, like, oh. He's on a ventilator. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's be honest, too. When, when we heard the news this week that the CDC cut the, uh, you know, your, your quarantine time in half, and it's not because <laughs> you magically get over Omicron any, any quicker. It's because we can't have people taking 10 days off, you know. Like, just can't, can't be doing that. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that that's just the way. And, and in sports, we know it's hyper-competitive. And, and we know that, exactly. uh, you know, that, that there's a lot of places that, that they cut the edges and, and skirt the rules on, on pretty much everything that they do. So why would we think that this would be any different? You know, I mean, I, I just right. think that the, the way that I look at it, you know, people say, well, why is Louisville having such a big issue when Kentucky's not having an issue? That's because Kentucky's playing with their rule book and Louisville's playing with theirs. And, and at Louisville, we have seen that we are definitely – in the mode of we're going to to tell on ourselves at, at every moment and we're going to completely put all our business out in the streets every time, literally. UK never puts their business in the streets. Literally, their business can be out there in the middle of the street waving themselves around and Kentucky's going to be like, no, no, they didn't. Which no, they didn't. Who? who? <laughs> Where? <laughs> what y'all talking about? No, it didn't happen. It's like literally I'm looking Kentucky. at him in the middle of the street now. No, he's not. <laughs> Kentucky is the absolute best at the shaggy defense. Oh, yeah. Where, what me? You know, where it's like, dude, I, even even before Cal got there, do y'all remember when uh, it was, I think, Jules Kamara? Oh, yeah. A couple other guys on the team. Oh, yeah. When they got pulled over and a six foot ten dude climbed from the back seat into the driver's seat <laughs> to be like, no, nah, I was the one driving, and the and the troopers like, nah, man, you're not the person that I pulled over. Nah, that that, that was me. I'm holding <laughs> the passenger's ID in my hand. Nah, that that's me. I handed you that. <laughs> what? I mean, the football players literally broke into a uh, a dorm room and beat up students, men and women alike. Like, <laughs> hey, no, hey. it didn't. What you talking about? It didn't happen. What are you talking about? We're talking about they called him the N word, so that makes it okay. You know what? You know what the craziest part to me is. I'm like, oh, now all of a sudden that makes it okay on that campus. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now you know what, fellas. Guys on that campus have been getting slapped around for dropping that word for a long time. This is the first time that I ever heard that fan base defended. <laughs> just so I, I mean and i just say all that to say you know what everybody works with their own rules so you know it's it, what it is it is what it is you know what i'm saying but you know <laughs> what fair. fellas let's go ahead we're going to take this last break and then when we get back we're going to go ahead and kind of get into um this uofl hoop squad what's going to happen uh down at georgia tech uh as the uh, cardinals take on the yellow jackets what do you need to see is louisville are, are there issues over or are they just beginning we'll see got one more transformers hit for y'all as we go to break
to be on Thanksgiving. I just wonder where those turkeys are going to be for Thanksgiving. I have a feeling. I know. Kevin Barlow. Well, John, for years at CBS and Fox, it became a tradition, the turkey leg and all of that. And, and you brought to the, the uh, knowledge of America the turducken. And so our friends at the Four Seasons cooked you a turducken. Oh, there it is. That is. I think it's a turducken. It is a turducken. But I got to show you how to. Oh, oh, I, I, I can't say that. I need fresh turducken. I'm going to have crazy turducken. But anyway, anyway, here's how you slice it. See, a lot of people don't know. You have to slice it down the middle. See, and then you slice it across this way. Because what it is, it's a it's a deboned chicken stuffed in a deboned duck stuffed in a deboned turkey with dressing between the chicken and the duck and the duck and the turkey. So as you cut down that way, you go turkey, dressing, duck, dressing, chicken. You know, one of the great things about your coming over here is I'm able to ask you all of these questions. Because for a lot of years, I thought a turducken was some sort of a, you know, a foul crossbreed. But it's not. Well, it's just I mean, three I different mean, things. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's, it's really five different things. It's a, it's a chicken, a duck, a turkey, and two kinds of dressings. And are you going to have one on, on your Thanksgiving table? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have one. I have to bring it, though, but, you know, you know, because it, oh, here's Here a, it is. Here's here's a, here's a <laughs> picture of one. Turn duck in yeah. the <laughs> picture. That's the, that is one. it. And you see, you cut it, like, right down here. <laughs> see, and then this is what it looks like inside. <laughs> see, so you got turkey and duck and then dressing and then chicken. Oh. And then, then you just have to do it that way or... <laughs> welcome back welcome back to wake up 502 uh as a long time uh raiders fan john madden is a man that i have known a ton about uh since i was a little bitty uh and that man was absolutely an icon in so many different ways an icon as a coach an icon as a broadcaster and probably what most people especially young people know him for an icon as a video game guy the words all madden were made infamous uh in a, in rap songs like when people talk about these are the kids that should have made the all madden you know what i'm saying onyx when they put that in the song that's when you knew things just got real uh so absolutely uh john madden rest in peace Rest in power, and your impact uh, will continue to be felt for a long time after you were gone. Um, just a, a big shout-out to Coach Madden um, and just everything and the impact that he had on so many people's lives. Um, you know, he, he's the guy who basically taught everybody the, the theory and, and the strategy behind football. Uh, he, he's the one who brought football to lay people. And, and I, I utilized the knowledge that I learned from John Madden football as a kid, looking at those defensive plays and, and how, you know, mm -hmm. the difference between man defense, zone defense, zone blitzes, like his, the way he was able to basically make all that stuff and put it into a usable fashion is something that I think everybody um, has gotten so much out of. So just a, just big time, man, just uh, John Madden uh, fellas. It just, Huge. Yeah, you know the the biggest lessons learned from from John Madden. You you spoke on it. He had three separate careers that were all legendary. You know, yeah. I think he's he has the highest winning percentage of any retired NFL coach. I think he, he won seventy five percent of his games. Um, 
You know, so he wasn't just a coach. He was a damn good coach. Yeah. This is a guy who, who didn't like to fly because he lost friends in a plane crash. It gave him horrible anxiety and panic attacks. So what did he do? He got the Madden Cruiser, and he, and he made that his thing. He just, the dude was a master of making lemonade. And, and my takeaway from his legacy and his life, and, and I think the way that, that you can honor a dude like John Madden is whatever it is in life that you're passionate about, if other people take an interest in it, explain it to them with the with the passion and the love and the heart that John like John Madden was breaking down football for us. Because he never tried to make anybody feel like he was the smartest guy in the room, even though he's forgotten more about that game than we'll ever know. He 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 made it very attainable, very accessible. And it, it it never felt like you were an outsider on John Madden's club. He brought everybody into the party. Absolutely. Well said. Hey, Harrington, what, 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 what is your, uh, you know, what the, the Madden for you, uh, you know, you, you being the, the oldest one of the bunch, uh, you know, you, you probably went, uh, remember a little bit more of Big John's coaching career. I was a youngin. I, I was a youngin. When when Madden was out there doing his thing with the Raiders, uh, but but for for you, what what's Madden's biggest impact, or, or for for you personally, or, or your your when you think of him, are you you know? I know most all the young people now, of course, is all with the video game. Uh, me, it's it's more as a broadcaster. I loved him and, and uh, you know everything that he did with with Gifford and Summerall and all those guys. But for you, what what was it? No, to me, it was all about him him being a broadcaster, man. The fact yeah. that he can make butt sweat funny. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that man can get on a, on a teleprompter and start looking at offensive linemen's butt sweat, and how, how well they're playing, or how much butt sweat they had—that's hilarious. That's all-time great. You know, you know, I—I never thought about this before just now, but I would give just about anything to have had the opportunity to either sit and watch with him or hear him call a game with Lamar. Oh, he would have loved it. He was. He was the biggest football fan ever. And, and, you know, I think the craziest thing about him is nobody's even been stupid enough to try to replicate his way of, of calling a game. Because nobody can do it. You can't fake that. He was yeah. just such a huge fan. I, listening to him call Brett Favre and, and Mike Vick, he sounded like a big kid. And I just can't imagine him watching Lamar. Oh, I'm telling oh, this guy's special. I mean, John Madden and Dick Vitale probably are the two guys that I think of that had more fun and just pure joy in calling it, and that they, they neither one of those guys have you know ever took the game too seriously or, or or tried to be the capital J journalist that you know I'm just the smartest dude. They just seem like they genuinely have fun calling the sports that they love. John Madden is they, literally the voice of football. Like 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 you have certain yeah. broadcasters that that uh associated with certain sports, like Dick Vitale, college basketball, NFL, John Madden. Yeah. Like, like he is the the broadcast. When you think of football, you think of NFL football, you think of John Madden. When you think of college football, you think of Keith Jackson. I mean, those are just mm-hmm. iconic voices that you associate with those, you know, those sports. And you know, we're just lucky to have a guy like John who is just hilarious. You know, like I'm old enough to remember Ed Sable when he used to narrate all those NFL films. And, you know, as a kid growing up in the 70s, early 80s, I mean, that was, to me, that was the voice of 
the NFL until John Madden came around. It was Ed Sable narrating this is the frozen tundra of Lambo. <laughs> Absolutely. And I will say this, the Raiders during uh, his tenure did have the greatest, most iconic theme song of any team oh, yeah. in the history of sports. You better believe it. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's that's just like that, that, that was the NFL. It's like when men were men. <laughs> oh, yeah, back in the 70s, man, when you could like, clothesline somebody, nobody cared. <laughs> There's no such thing as roughing a passer. <laughs> Jack Tatum laying dudes out, you know what I'm saying? Like that was just like a whole different – <laughs> just a whole different era. <laughs> Concussion? What's that? Absolutely, no, man. But just, 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 just. I, I, it's just, it was huge, and, and I loved um, just everything that that Coach Madden did, man. Just, just, he was just funny. He was just a funny dude. He had a, that that perfect co- comedic that comedic element to him, you know. He, but he was also okay. a teacher. It, it, it just, it, he was everything. He was just there. He was awesome. So you know. here, and I, I mean this, I mean this in an endearing way. Okay, it's going to sound like the worst underhanded compliment ever. Part of the appeal to John is that John Madden is that he came off like he was oafish. Yeah. You know, you, you look at him and you go, "Yeah, he's just a big dumb football guy." You know, doing Miller Lite commercials. But then you find out, no, this is just his personality. He's not. Yeah. This is not an act. This is who he is, and. God love him. You hope that, man, may we all be fortunate enough to have a John Madden in our lives. Absolutely. I mean, just, just, he was just awesome. I mean, that, that John was just, he was, he, that he was truly one of the, the, those icons and one of those people. Like I said, you know, any, anytime you are in the, I mean, the dude had every right and opportunity to just, you know, kind of be, Look at me and look at what I do. And he never, you know, he, he never made it about look at all my video games and I got to keep putting my face on the cover. I mean, you know, once they started doing the Madden covers, he was he was on the first several games for about the first four or five, six years that it was on console. But then you started seeing all the yep. players and then it became like a badge of honor to be, you know, who's going to be on the next Madden cover. Like and that then just it became, became a curse. Yeah, it became it got so big that it became a curse. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like it just he he just transcends everything. And and the, the people like Jordan Brand, like people, you know, kids know more about Jordan because of his shoes uh, than what he was as a basketball player. I think that's one of the ultimate compliments is that when you transcend what you do and you become more than just what you were and what you were was great. That's kind of the biggest compliment. There's very few guys that have done that and John Madden definitely did that. So, so are, are you saying that John Madden has achieved the uh, the Jay Z line of "I'm not a businessman, I'm a businessman"? Absolutely, oh, by far, by far. Like Madden is a is a franchise <laughs> in every, yeah. uh, you know. It's it's just it it is what it is, and coach, you know, I had to take that time. I know we were said we were going to talk a, a little bit more basketball, but I had to give coach his due, um, you know. But uh, it, it was definitely well earned for a life well lived. Not. Not sure if you all heard this. There is rumbling that they're going to change the name of the All Pro team to the All Madden team. I think that would be awesome. I, I personally think, think that would be awesome. Yeah, they have to do that. They have to do that because you got the Lombardi Award, the Hallis Trophy, All Madden team. Do I, it. I mean, I, do I, it, I mean, Raj. Legit. Like I, I think it. I think it deserves. It. I, I think he deserves it. 
Um, fellas, before I, I know we got about we got about two minutes left uh, before we head on out of here. Just in regards to the game, uh, Joe, I, I'll ask you: um, Do you feel like Louisville's found something? Um, like, like from what you saw out there on Wednesday night, um, is Coach Mack going to go out there and get it done on the road at Georgia Tech? Are, are they going to be able to get a little bit of momentum? Because it's not going to be an easy, easy game down there. Michael Devoe is is the real thing. Uh, and the real deal, um, can they do better than the ghost of uh, WKU this time they go out on the road? Uh, no, I, I mean, I haven't seen anything that tells me this team is, is flipped the switch or anything. Uh, programming note for those that missed Jeff Greer telling us where to catch the game. I, I checked Twitter a couple minutes ago. The game has been moved from ESPNU to ESPN2. Tip-off is still at 6 p.m. Nice. Um yeah, I man, I don't know about this team. I, I just, I really don't. I don't know about its identity, and I don't think Chris Mack knows either. So we'll see. But I, I'm telling you, I, and I don't like saying this, especially not on January first. But I don't think we're going to make the tournament this team. Ooh, I don't. Joe I Kelly don't, coming with the heat. Way to just throw the grenade in the room and walk out, Joe, with a minute (laughs) left in the show. (laughs) I'm I'm telling you, brother, uh, I hope I'm wrong, okay? I really do, but but something tells me we're missing the dance this year. Wow. Oh, wow. Haven Harrington, what say you to that? Uh, Be aggressive. That's it. B-E aggressive? That's right. That was the last. I mean, Louisville's game against Wake Forest. They were aggressive. Good things happen. Stay aggressive. Keep attacking the basket and stop selling for threes. Good Lord. <laughs> I love it. Fellas, I appreciate you guys, man. Once again, welcome to 2022. Happy New Year's to both of you guys. Happy New Year's to all of our listeners out there and the Big X Force Radio family. Appreciate you guys. Rashad, Haven, Joe, we're out, fellas. Keep it light.